a dish called Soka, Rosé Wine, and Soaking Up the Sun on the Riviera. This week, we're in Nice, France. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we visit a different place to sample the dishes and drinks that make it special. And this week, we're relaxing on the French Riviera in Nice, France. My guest is award-winning filmmaker Scott Peterson, and yes, he has the same last name as me. In fact, Scott and I are brothers, and Scott is an accomplished documentary filmmaker with an Emmy and several other awards. He's made films around the world, all over the U.S., of course, but also in Mexico and now in Nice, France. His latest movie is a short film titled We Eat Soka Here, and it's about the dish from Nice called Soka that is almost unknown outside of that city. Scott and I talk about the history of Soka, how it's made, the best places to eat Soka, and the best beer and wine to have with this inexpensive and filling dish. We also talk about some of the cool things to do in and around Nice, like strolling along the promenade, visiting the towns of Ez and Antibes, and making friends at the bus stop. We Eat Soka here is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Destination Eat Drink. Scott, welcome to Destination Eat Drink. Glad to have you on the program. I think first things first, we have to address the elephant in the room. So I'll ask you, what's it like being related to a world famous podcaster? It's pretty impressive. And there's a lot of <laughs> uh, very good things that come from that. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> You're saying there's, there's perks. I wish I knew what they were. I'd like to enjoy them myself. Your new film, a short film, is called We Eat Soka Here. And Soka is a dish that folks eat in Nice, France. Explain exactly what Soka is. Well, Soka is a chickpea flatbread, and it's sort of a rustic dish that you really can only find on the Côte d'Azur, the French Riviera. And it's made from chickpea flour, water, olive oil, and salt. So it's very simple. They cook it in a copper pan in a wood-fired oven, and it's really delicious. And back in the day, it used to be something you'd just go up to the window and eat it. And uh, Nice is a port town, so the fishermen would get some soca at the beginning of the day and go out on the water and eat soca. And it's sort of like the, the regional dish that everyone loves down there. And you really can't find it outside of that area in France. Like in Paris, you won't even find it. Now, other uh, cultures near there have a similar dish. The Italians call it farinata, and I believe it's a little bit thicker. And there's some other places where they, they make a similar thing. But for uh, the French, particularly the folks around the Nice area, it's called soca, and it's a little bit thinner, and it's crispier on top, and it's it's really satisfying, and it's a great, like, simple, delicious, cheap meal to have when uh, you're blowing your budget in the south of France. Because <laughs> everything's expensive except Soka, which is what, two, three, three and a half euro? 
Typically, they sell it for three euros, but you know, it's funny because I, I think that that Nice is probably a little bit cheaper than Paris and some of the other cities around uh, you know, France and certainly Europe. So, you know, I live in Los Angeles, of course, and it it seems cheap by by those standards, but. I, it's, it's funny because I'll see on message boards people complaining about how expensive it is in Nice and, oh, go to the <laughs> other, the other side of France on the Mediterranean and it's way cheaper. And I'm like, this is a bargain compared to where I live. You mentioned that there's a similar dish in Italy. I've had, uh, Farinata. It's in the Ligurian, that's typical in the Ligurian region of Italy where Genoa is, where the Cinque Terre is. And, um, I've, I've never been to Nice, unfortunately. So I've had the farinata and I love the farinata, but I watch your, your short film and I think, man, the Soka looks freaking incredible. What are some of the ways that this might be served that we would have it? Does it just come plain, the chickpea uh, flatbread, or would you get toppings on it? Are there different ways of getting it? Well, typically the way that it's served is, is sort of plain, um, for adults, they will put like, uh, they'll put just some pepper on it. So you know, just to add a little bit, but it's, it's kind of, it's good enough as it is. But that being said, I know that the restaurants, they do have other little sauces that you can put on it if you really want. And, you know, if, if you're really into the chickpeas, if you're at home and you decide you want to make it, you can just put hummus or baba ganoush or something like that on it. And it's, uh, you know, just, uh, it's not necessarily better that way. It's just different and it's just to your own, to your own taste. But I think the, the adults put a little bit of pepper on it. There'll be like a little pepper shaker and the adults will have that. And then the kids who are eating it will just eat it plain because it's just good enough as it is. Now, what is the history of the Soka? You say it's, it's, uh, it's available in Nice. But I think it came it originally came from Italy, and that's where it got changed around a little bit. But how long has Soka been around in Nice itself, and who started selling it? Who started doing it? Well, there's a little bit of background in that, in that uh, the area Liguria, which is uh, part of Italy, it's it's right next door. But Nice actually used to be part of Italy way back in the day. So the border has changed. And in, and when you go to Nice, it kind of looks like a mixture of Italy and France. So it's kind of this, this interesting way of, uh, you know, that the cultures are, are melding together. And even the local language, I believe, is, is kind of a mixture of Italian and French. So it's, it's kind of not surprising. And, you know, you take the train and in an hour, you can actually be in Italy. So, it is right there and it and has a lot of similarities between the two. Um, in terms of, of where it came from, I mean, maybe back in the day, it came originally from Turkey. I, I think there's maybe a little bit of debate, but the thing is, is that Nice being a port town, all sorts of other people from different places are coming into town. So I would suspect that's how it came there. It's just people brought it on a boat and then somebody said, hey, we can do this and we'll put our own little thing on it. And, oh, we have a bread oven and we can cook it in there easily. And, you know, then it just takes the literally and figuratively, it takes the it takes upon itself the local flavor. It would make total sense that it would come from Turkey. The chickpeas, of course, are a big staple in Turkey. So that that argument makes sense to me. Do they know who the first person was who really started to sell Soka, really started to market it successfully in Nice? Well, there was a lady named Teresa 
uh, way back in the day, I, I want to say in like the early 20th century, if I'm not mistaken, and she had a cart. And so there's like a famous picture of her with like her little rolling cart that she would take down to um, the beachfront and sell it. And it's so funny because you look at it and it's just like an older version of you know what we would see in the United States with like a hot dog cart. Or if if people would sell ice cream, like in the little cart with the bell on it or whatever. So it's just their version of it. And there's this picture. And so there's a restaurant, Shea Teresa, and which still exists. And it's just, you know, she used to sell it also, I believe, at the Corsalaya, which is the right on the front of the water. And it's like Nice's big market. So you can go down there and, and buy all the fresh fruits and vegetables and flowers and such. And it's this amazing, huge market. And then you walk 20 feet and you're right on the Promenade des Anglais looking out over the Mediterranean. So it's really beautiful. And it's, it, you know, she's the one that everyone kind of points to. Um, but everybody kind of makes it their own particular way. And people are like, this is my favorite one or I like this one. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sure there's endless debates on, on who makes the best soca, just like in, you know, in the United States when people talk about their favorite taco place or their favorite pizza place or who makes the best margarita. You know, it just all comes down to your own personal taste. And, and to me, it's like they're all pretty good. It's just you just happen to like one more than the, more than the other. So what are some of the different places that we can go in Nice and sample some of the best soca? I mean, if we were to go on a soca tour from place to place in Nice, where, where would you take us? Well, Chez Pipo is one of the more uh, famous places for that. And it's kind of near the port area. And th it's been around for, I want to say, 100 years. If it's not 100, it's very close to it. And I think the oven is 200 years old. So it used it, it used to be like a bread making oven, you know. So it's it's just got those you know the bricks in it, and they put the wood in there. That's that they get locally, which I forget what kind of wood it is, but I'm sure there's some special wood that they put in. And you go in there, and they've been doing it forever, and it's just it's busy, and they're all uh, making soca all day long, and some of the other local specialties, and it's just uh, you know. The guy who runs it, Steve, is in the movie, and he kind of tells a little of the history of Soka and you know why it's so important culturally to the local Nice folks, the Niçois. Um, Chez Teresa is also still in business, and that place is around 100 years old as well. And uh, Jean-Luc, the guy there, when I interviewed him, he he's not a guy who says a whole lot of words, but when he says them, there you have to pay attention and listen because it's always really good. So he was a he was a really good guy and you see him and you you see a picture of him and you're like, this guy's gotta be French. You know? It just he <laughs> right. he just has he just has that look to him and it's just awesome. And then the third place I focused on was a place called um Rene Soka. And so they've been in business since I want to say like the 50s or early 60s. And so that's like a family run business. So the guy who's running it now, Stefan, 
he got it from his family and so his parents work there and like somebody you know one would handle the bar and the other one would handle the kitchen you know so it's gone down from generation to generation and and so it's uh and it's kind of in this open area in the old town of nice so you can kind of sit outside and enjoy the enjoy the weather and enjoy some soca or some of the other things and they have the oven there that's been there forever as well so they're all sort of interesting I and mean, you can get it other places um and you know there you can get it in some other places on the coast but really nice is sort of the epicenter of it and um you know you kind of walk around and you'll see a sign saying soca you know and in a chalkboard outside of a restaurant so it's kind of a fun thing to do you could just wander around and sample the different socas around town and and uh, have a little different taste. You mentioned the ovens a couple of times, and you said they're bread ovens, and you show them in the movie, they're wood-burning ovens. So folks who have seen like a wood-fired pizza oven might recognize this. Are Is that the normal way to cook soca in a wood-fired oven like that? Well, that's how they're typically doing it in Nice. Um, I the, the thing with the wood-fired ovens is that you really have to get it hot. And so Steve Bernardo in the movie from Shea Pipo, he says it's about 750 degrees. And so you really have to get it hot, that hot, so it gets really crispy. Now, I've made it at home. I don't have a wood-fired oven and I can make it pretty good, but it's not the same thing because you just can't get it that crispy on top, which is really like one of the things that makes it special. So... um it's typically the way that people are doing it. Could you do it a different way? I suppose. I mean, I think here in the US, somebody who has one of those wood-fired ovens or a pizza oven in particular in their food truck, it would be a really easy lift to go, hey, why don't I try making the soca? But I, I doubt anybody knows about it. So maybe the next time I see a pizza truck around town, I'll have to you know put a little bug in their ear and say, you know, you could do this really easy thing and add a little extra to your menu. But it seems like everybody that I've seen uses the wood-fired oven, but you know, who knows? I'm sure there's somebody out there who maybe does it differently, and maybe it's maybe it's as good. Who knows? So when we have the soca, we're sitting down at one of these uh, soca cafes. We're sitting outside, like you said. We're watching the beautiful French people walk by, and we're enjoying the nice weather. And maybe we're looking at the Mediterranean. We need a drink to go with it. Uh, what kind of beverage would go best with um, some soca on our plate? Well, if you're an adult, I would uh, recommend uh, a rosé from Provence. That seems to be what what people like because you know the weather it's it's nice down there, so it's it's sunny quite a bit. So you know you have a have a lighter wine, a rosé from Provence, and that seems to be a really popular choice. And there's a guy in Nice who's also in the movie. His name is Olivier Gasquet. Really great French name. Great name. Yeah, that's right? an awesome name. <laughs> it's a great French name. And he makes Socabiera, which is a chickpea beer. So he makes the beer with chickpeas. And so it's sort of a nice uh, nice compliment. And it's a, it's a lighter beer. You know, it's not super heavy. And so you see it around at the restaurants and, um, you know, in the stores and everything. So it's, it's kind of like a nice thing that he is like, hey, you know, you have these – you know, you have the Soko. I wonder if I can make beer with a chickpea. And so he <laughs> proved that you can. And there, there's a place even that sells uh, Soka chips, I've noticed down there. So, oh, bet that would be good. Yeah. So that's just like, hey, you're walking around, you get a bag, uh, you get a bag of Soka chips, 
and uh, you can just do a really good snack with them. So I haven't seen it in the United States, but they're definitely selling it at the grocery stores down there in Nice. And uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll make its way to the U.S. at, at some point. You mentioned the rosé wines, the Provençal rosé wines, which are very famous. Any other wines or wine regions that you found interesting in this area of France? Well, right outside of Nice, it's only a few minutes away, there's a region called Belay. And I believe it's one of the smaller regions. And I think it's the only region that is actually within like a city limit in France. And it's kind of hard to find in the United States. I'm, I'm not even sure if I tried that when I was down there because I would just kind of order the rosé. But I believe they make reds, whites, and rosé. Um, so that's something that I'll have to check out next time I'm I'm there, and maybe take a little a little wine tour in the at the vineyards in Belay. But it's only a few minutes away, so you don't even have to, uh, you know, take the hour long ride from the big city to the to the wine growing region. It's kind of right there, so that's actually quite convenient. So I'm looking forward to that next time. Nice is a huge vacation spot, not only for French people, but for Europeans and Americans. And when we go there, we're not going to just eat soca and drink rosé. I might, but a normal person probably wouldn't. What are some of the other fun things, cool things that we should do when we're in Nice? Well, there's a, a couple of really great things. I mean, there's certainly museums to visit while you're there. Um, and you can walk around and just see the old town, which is really charming and, you know, stop inside the shops there and the restaurants and all that stuff is, is, is really fun. Um, you know, if you want the classic view of Nice, it's like you walk up Castle Hill and it just gives you this spectacular view of the, uh, coastline and the Mediterranean and the Promenade des Anglais. And it's just an amazing amazing view. So you can walk up there. It's like a nice walk. Or there's like a hidden elevator that you can take up there, which I didn't know about until after I'd walked up. But <laughs> um, if you if you get up there, there's also like a waterfall. And so it's really charming. It's just like a nice, it's a nice walk and and a really great, you know, opportunity to take your pictures and all that. Um, there's Place Massena and that has like this checkered plaza and there's like a fountain. And so it's really just uh, it's it's just gorgeous, and the tram runs right through it. I mean, it's it's really charming. So there's a whole slew of of stuff like that, and there's like uh, this fountain that's or like this this what this I don't know how you describe it. It's not it's kind of like a fountain, but it's it's very flat, and you can walk through it, and then the fountain will just shoot up like every I don't know ten feet. There's like a little oh like a splash pad. Yeah. And so if you want to walk through and get wet, knock yourself out, or you can just sit there and watch it and, and just be amused by it. Um, so that's actually, you know, it's just fun to walk around. Um, in the surrounding area, there's uh, right next door is called, there's a town called Ez, and they have this exotic garden. So you go to Ez and you walk up the hill and it's all like succulents and cactus and because you're up so high, you get this perch over the Mediterranean. And so if it's a clear day, it's really beautiful. And there's like this one little building kind of beneath, right below the, the um, gardens and has like the French flag flowing, flowing in, the, in the wind and everything. And it's just, it's really beautiful because just the plants are just amazing. And you just think like they had to carry all these plants 
<laughs> up the hill and just so it's just it's really spectacular it's really nice so i'm a big uh i'm a big fan of that that garden and i was planning on going there by taking the bus and so i'm waiting you know i look online and i see okay here's where the bus stop is and you find it and you're sitting there waiting and i got impatient and there was another couple there who were german or dutch or something i can't remember but i just i was like well are you going to Ez? And they're like, yes. And I said, well, I don't know if this bus is coming. Do you want to just split an Uber? And they're like, yeah, sure. So ordered up a, an, an Uber and we were there like in 10, 15 minutes and split it with the, you know, with the guy and his, uh, his wife and I was on my way. So that was actually kind of nice because, you know, he had just like a, a nice little experience and who knows when, when the bus is coming. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that was actually really cool. You might have still been waiting for that bus. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, the trains are, are a little bit easier, but the train, it, Ez is kind of up on the hill, but the, if you want to take the train to Ez, it's only like at the, at the lower elevation. So you would have to walk up this very steep trail, which I was not, <laughs> I wasn't planning to do. I, I walked down the trail. It's actually the, it named after Nietzsche. And so I walked down that and I'm like, yeah, I would never been able to walk up this thing. It probably would. It was, it was very steep and rocky and it would, it probably would have taken two hours to walk up that, that hill. But going oh, down, going down, it was, it was treacherous enough just because the rocks and everything. So, um, you can go to Ez or you can go, you know, where the train leaves you off or you have to take the bus over there or an Uber and it's, uh, it's a much easier track. What's the main promenade called? The famous promenade in Nice? So that's the Promenade des Anglais, which the English built. That's what Anglais means in French. And so they built that because I think they were the they were coming down there to escape the the dreary English weather. And so now it's this famous this famous road. And it's kind of like here in Los Angeles, it's kind of like Pacific Coast Highway. It runs right along the water and it's beautiful and you know, it's it's just a, a spectacular look and a spectacular drive so you can uh you can do that and then right next to the water it's the the sidewalk is the, the promenade is actually very wide so people are out there on their bikes and just walking along and sitting in the famous nice blue chairs just sort of relaxing and looking over the ocean and uh and just enjoying the weather sounds idyllic yeah you know when i was researching for our talk i was looking at some videos online on youtube and like i said i haven't been to nice but you mentioned that nice used to be part of italy and one thing that struck me one similarity between nice and nearby italy is that there's not a sandy beach in nice there's rocky beaches and the italian riviera is kind of famous for their rocky beaches as well and it just makes me smile when I see people with their towels laid out on on these uh, pebbles. <laughs> I just I don't know why I find that funny, but I do. Well, it it is funny because it isn't rocky per se. It's just that they're big sort of stones, so you could lay on it. It's just, but it's not like it's gonna not, dig in. Not like your jagged. Back. Not like jagged yeah. rocks. Yeah, but here's here's the thing: if you take the train one stop over to Via Franche sur Mer. There's a great little beach there that actually is sandy and it's a cove. So the water is very still and it's blue and it's really gorgeous. And of course, there are like little restaurants right on the on the waterfront that you can visit. 
So you can have a drink and then, you know, walk along the beach and it actually is sandy. Or, you know, if you want to take the train going the other way, you know, towards Cannes, you can also do that. And there are, or I think Antibes has a nice sandy beach as well. So it's like, it, you know, not, not Nice sort of proper, but if you just go a little bit, you can certainly find a sandy beach. But it's just that it's right there, right on the, you know, in the middle of town. That's actually really nice. So yeah, if you're looking for a soft beach, it's probably not Nice, but five minutes away, go over to Via Franche and you're all set. Antibes is another place that has been on the list for a while, and I just have not made it there. Wanted to go there to see the famous Picasso Museum and to hang out there. Haven't made it there. Uh, any other places that we should definitely not miss when we're in Nice, either in Nice proper or nearby? Well, right next door in Saint-Jean-Cap-Ferrat, there's the Rothschild Villa. And okay. that place is spectacular. So it's this really just amazing, ginormous mansion which the Rothschild family had. And so if you're into that kind of stuff and seeing the furniture and the the elaborate way these people were living, you know, that's cool. But for me, the really beautiful thing is they have gardens there as well and a variety of different gardens. So they have like their little rose garden and then they have, the, I think they have a cactus garden as well. So a variety of those. So you can just go there and spend an afternoon walking around and seeing these amazing um, gardens. And then they have like a, a, a some fountains that are shooting up water that is choreographed to some music. And it's just ridiculously charming. So that's actually quite close. So you could go to uh, Ez and see the Rothschild Villa easily in one day. And if you really want to, you could uh, go to Via Franche sur Mer and go to the beach there as well. So there's a, there's a variety of different places that are, that are pretty close. For a little further way, you could go to Menton, which is closer to the Italian border, and they're famous for their lemons, which are kind of bigger and fatter and rounder than the, the lemons we typically see here in the U.S. And they even have a festival in February of every year, which I haven't gone to, but you know, you go to Menton and you see all these products that are made with lemon. So that's kind of their their claim to fame. And of course, it's the Mediterranean climate, so they can grow lemons there and it's beautiful and and uh, they take a lot of pride in their in their lemons. Well, I don't know why Nice has not been a place that I've made it to yet. It's been on the list a couple of times and we just haven't made it there. But thanks for putting together an itinerary for everyone, including what to eat and drink when we're in Nice. Scott Peterson, good luck with your film. Uh, we Eat Soka, we'll have links to, We Eat Soka here, um, we'll have links to where folks can view that online. And thanks for being on Destination Eat Drink. Thank you. Okay, there you go. Stream We Eat Soka here on Amazon Prime. I've got a link in the show notes at radiomisfits.com. And, you know, I mentioned that Scott's my brother, as well as being an accomplished filmmaker. And listening back to that interview, I thought to myself, you know, that really doesn't sound all that different than the phone calls that Scott and I have. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking to each other about food and travel. Maybe that should be a podcast. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Next week, we're in Oaxaca, Mexico for tamales wrapped in banana leaves, lots of tropical fruit, and grandma's mole. Until then, head over to DestinationEatDrink.com. I just finished watching The Queen's Gambit. 
Uh, I know I'm late to the party, but the show inspired me to write about a father teaching his son to play chess. I think it's pretty entertaining. You can get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Soka Chef Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Get vaxxed, wear your mask, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 